0: Analytics with Mike Lewis, the podcast where we talk about everything you need to know about sports analytics. Here's your host, Mike Lewis, marketing professor at Emory University. Welcome everyone. Welcome to the Fanalytics podcast. My name is Mike Lewis. I'm a professor of marketing and analytics at Emory University and this is one of these episodes where we're not going to be particularly academic, but the nature of the discussion is, it's going to be casual language to describe an academic topic. Because what I want to talk about today is essentially the cultural meaning of the Super Bowl. It is February 1st, so we are in Super Bowl week, kind of the, uh, I don't know, in, in some ways the biggest sports week of the year in America. My uh, partner in this exploration will be Mr. Doug Battle. How are you, Doug?
1: I'm doing well, Mike. I, uh, I love the Super Bowl. I, growing up, had my birthday party be the Super Bowl party every single year. And as a Giants fan, I got to watch my team win it twice. Uh, not something I've had the opportunity to do in pretty much any other sport uh, where, where I'm a fan. But I love the Super Bowl, not just the football. But also the the whole event, the marketing, really the comedy and the ads is what I like. But on top of that, I'm a big music guy and it's always exciting to see, you know, what, what they pull off as far as halftime goes. So it's really start to finish probably the most exciting or entertaining uh sporting event of the year, no doubt.
0: When exactly is your birthday?
1: Yesterday. <laughs> January okay, thirty so January thirty first. January
0: thirty yeah. first. So you are You're the equivalent or the sports version of that kid that is born the week of Christmas. Yes. Who never actually gets their own party because everyone's out of town or traveling. Right. right. And so you always got rolled into a party with, uh, so like a little known fact, Doug Battles' eighth eight-year-old birthday party did not include a cake in a bouncy house. It included hot wings. and yeah yeah no
1: i mean that's true uh the one thing because honestly i loved that i loved having the super bowl party uh that was kind of my thing it was like i was kind of known for that like super bowl week came and everybody was like oh it's doug's birthday and like we're gonna have a fun party on sunday um the one thing i didn't like is people don't bring gifts to super bowl (laughs) parties right and so like every other boy's birthday party every parent would have their child bring a $20 gift card to Toys R Us or, yeah, whatever, GameStop. Oh,
0: oh, okay, <laughs> GameStop. but to, to, the to clarify this. So I'm assuming what was happening is your friends were invited to the house to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. So you had, you were not getting gifts, but there were a couple of cases of beer at everyone at like your, you know, third grade birthday party, right?
1: No, that's actually not the case. <laughs> okay (laughs) yeah uh that's not the case uh if you ever meet my parents you'll understand why um okay yeah but no we just it was clean fun but i will say this we probably have the most rowdy dry super bowl parties you've ever seen you take 30 11 year olds and you put them in one room and we would like move the couches, we would move all the furniture and we would play football inside and like tackle each other into the walls. I mean, it was it was pretty brutal. But we and then we did this thing where uh we would like send a group text around to everybody except one guy and be like when the clock on the game is in the second quarter <laughs> and it hits like eleven minutes and forty seven seconds, we are gonna dogpile Andrew. And uh and so it was always super rowdy. Um. We, but I was the only one that was really interested in the games. I think. I think everybody else is more interested in everything else. But I think that's a little bit of a microcosm of the Super Bowl in that, um, while most viewers probably aren't focused on dogpiling each other, they are. I, I would imagine the majority of Super Bowl viewers are probably less concerned with who wins and uh, what happens as far as the football is concerned, and it's more of like a cultural obligation to watch the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, well, I, I think you're dead on that. It's kind of it's it's a perfect it's a perfect example for what we're talking about. Yeah. It, it's your birthday, but your bar your birthday starts to get rolled into and becomes one with the Super Bowl. And right, I, I can imagine in like your grade school and junior <laughs> high that it's like, yeah, Super Bowl week. It means we're going out to the Battle House. Yeah. and we're gonna, you know play football in in his living room and it becomes (laughs) in and and i think there's kind of something critical here that it becomes an an annual event yes okay and so when i think about the super bowl you know i i come back to look this the super bowl is something that i think of as sort of a a very original american holiday Mm -hmm. okay but it's an american holiday that is not built on uh, remembering a past leader or remembering, you know, veterans of foreign wars. It is a holiday based on sport and marketing. Yeah, it is, you know, and, it, and let's just say on the sports side, because I think, you know, the NFL is the big dog of American sports. It has long been the dominant sports. I don't know when it kind of crossed the line and became a bigger deal than major league baseball. But it's probably in the. Uh, it was probably the transition point was either in the late seventies or the, the early eighties, and I, I think part of this, this story, and it's kind of an interesting one, is that is part of the NFL's dominance because they have the most important sporting event, right? Yeah. Versus how much of the NFL passing major league baseball was because of the Super Bowl, right? right? And so it's like almost like a chicken and an egg type. Um, type situation but it's definitely something that every year all the attention is on the nfl so it becomes sort of a virtuous cycle if you're running that business that this is the key sports moment in america
1: yeah one interesting thing about the super bowl to me is the super bowl uh a lot of what people talk about is advertising the the actual television ads um how many ads have we seen for the super bowl this year how many ads have we seen saying, "Hey, next Sunday is the Super Bowl. Uh, tune in and and for a very entertaining entertainment product." Like I don't think I've ever seen a Super Bowl commercial in that sense. Like a, a commercial advertising the Super Bowl. It's become so ingrained with our culture. It would be like advertising Christmas Day. Like everybody knows it's coming, um, mm-hmm. and yet so much money is spent on the actual ads during the Super Bowl. And it's just assumed that all these people are going to tune in because we know they are.
0: Well, no, that, that's right. We don't have to advertise Christmas Day right. because Target and Walmart and Bloomingdale's and every other retailer start to focus on Christmas. And I think it was strange this year, right? I think they almost bypassed <laughs> Thanksgiving and went straight to Christmas. Yeah. But they make it very clear that this is the next big upcoming event. And I think the Super Bowl largely benefits from that right the, it, it, and it's probably beyond look there is no massive hype when the nhl finals are on but there is i would guess you go to your uh, your your local grocery store it doesn't matter which one of them that there's going to be a massive display or oh, multiple yeah. displays in there that feature uh, beer and doritos etc cetera, etc cetera.
1: yeah and they got the little bakery cookie cakes and cupcakes and i mean everything balloons everything when you walk in in the grocery store is super bowl themed right now um just like when it's christmas season and <laughs> you know it's good i guess i was going to say when it comes december but really when it comes october you walk in in the grocery store and you see um a christmas tree and you see some christmas cookies and the like
0: you know you mentioned the advertising and the super bowl is long been known for the advertising and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be honest i'm not a i'm not a huge fan of watching the super bowl the hype the hype kind of wears me out right i'm not one of these guys that uh is is gonna sit down and watch the pregame from i don't know when the pregame starts let's say it's like two o'clock in the afternoon right it's something something kind of ludicrous five hours of pregame going into the game but the super bowl was always known for being a game where people did not switch away from the ads, where people were almost more glued to the advertising or th- than frankly the game for some segment of the of the of the of the folks watching. Uh, this year, the advertising the advertising associated with the Super Bowl has been a little bit different. Um, in general, Super Bowl ad rates almost always seem to go up and up and up. They always set a new record every year. Yeah. This year, that has gone back a little bit with uh, 30second ads dropping from 5.6 million uh, to 5.5 million in uh, <clears throat> 5, 5.5 million this year, um, and a number of prominent brands like Pepsi and Coca-Cola and some of the others dropping out. So it's a, it's a little bit of a different this year.
1: It is, uh, but I would imagine anyone that is advertising come Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, is going to bring their a game is going to invest quite a bit of resources into that um into that advertisement i worked at an ad agency for a short stint back in the day and i remember that like getting a super bowl ad for one of our clients was the holy grail of like achievements in in the ad world that was um that was a huge goal and and something that um, you know every ad agency I'm sure strives for and, and plans because this was years out from or this was a year out from the Super Bowl when we were we were beginning to plan an ad or an ad campaign um, that was Super Bowl related. So so I think let anyone me that, ask
0: you a, yeah let me yeah. let me ask you a question about that because one of the things that struck me is the Super Bowl ads are an opportunity to you know not just sell dishwashing detergent right. It, It almost seems like it's an opportunity to be much more creative, to make a short film. Is that the mentality within the... It's like, hey, suddenly I get to be a film director.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, first off, I wasn't in the the creative department um, of this particular agency. So I wasn't super involved. It wasn't even my client um, where this was going on. I was just aware and and kind of interested. And as a sports fan, I was really interested and uh what was going on because this was an agency that went on to do work with buffalo wild wings and obviously they've been pretty famous for some of their sports related ads so i'm not particularly or i wasn't particularly involved but i will tell you this
0: well but just the vibe
1: yeah yeah i'll tell here, you this here, the here. i mean the structure of the agency the people working on this were in that creative department where they are people who in college were studying film who were learning to be filmmakers, um, some of whom have worked in, in Los Angeles and in, in, in Hollywood um, on film sets. And so, yeah, there there definitely is this, like, once we have that budget, we can really make this feel larger than life. Feel not like a commercial, but like an mm-hmm. experience, like like you're going to the movies for this. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's absolutely the goal for a lot of these brands. Uh, you see that every year with like Doritos or, or, you know, they just go way over the top.
0: Do any, uh, do any past ads kind of stick out to you? And yes, I think it's almost an unfair question to ask because it's, to me, it, it kind of, it kind of all like goes together. And I, you know, I, I almost associate and this, this is, you know, I'm kind of a key thing with consumers. I almost associate every famous ad with the super bowl, whether or not they actually started. yeah. Like if you ask me if, you know, the, especially things like Budweiser ads, right. Did what's up or did the, the frogs, did they originate in the super bowl? You know, I, I would absolutely guess. Yes. Just Usually. not totally sure that it's accurate. So what's your yeah. uh, sort of, what's your kind of memories of
1: yeah. um,
0: impactful artistic.
1: So ads? I'll say this. I would struggle to remember uh, which ads I liked the most if I had not worked at that agency. But it was actually a responsibility of mine uh, to to write up on that Super Bowl which campaign was the most successful in my opinion um, and, and to kind of spark the imaginations of the other advertisers in, in the building um, with my write-up. And so... Which I I feel like I made that sound like more of a responsibility than it was, but the ad that stuck out to me was the Tide. It's a Tide ad. Ad. I don't know if you remember this. This is 2018. Um, the guy that plays Hopper in Stranger Things. The and he, he had just blown up that year, um, because of Stranger Things. He's just kind of dad bod, every man actor. Uh, Was in this ad and they would start the ad like it was a beer commercial like they would always have a cliche and they would have the beer commercial but then they would draw attention to the fact that all the clothes in the ad were clean and then they would say wait this is actually a Tide ad. Um, If it's clean, it's Tide. And so they had a series of commercials throughout the Super Bowl, maybe one every quarter. One's a beer commercial. One's a cliche car commercial. ones, And the bulk of the ad was advertising something else, but it was generic and you could tell something was a little off. Then you would find out it was a Tide ad. But what, as a consumer, what you ended up doing is every advertisement during the Super Bowl, you would kind of watch and try to figure out if it was going to be a Tide ad. Like when there actually was a beer commercial, you in your head are looking at the clothes and saying, Oh, they're wearing clean clothes. This is going to be a Tide ad, um, and then it wouldn't be. It would be a Budweiser ad, uh, but in your head, you still have that message of if it's clean, it's Tide. So that was probably my all-time favorite because I thought it was like really clever. Um, I also thought it was funny. Like I thought it was a, f- a funny twist on uh, Super Bowl ads, kind of taking advantage of the the common themes to draw attention to their brand. And getting maximizing their investment, maximizing their uh ROI so that really they're paying for four ads, but really there's a hundred ads that serve their purpose mm-hmm. and that make you think about tide.
0: You know, that that's a that's a really good solid point about the nature of how Super Bowl advertising is a little bit different. Um, in that it's not just it's not just putting an ad out there to impact people. The advertising is part of the story. Yeah. And, you know, so you know, there, there's there's pre-game hype related. I mean, think about how crazy this is, right? There's pre-game hype relating to the advertising. right? It's like, oh, you know, Cardi B is going to be in a Pepsi ad, or you know, you know, oh, they're going to do a, a revisit or a tribute to the iconic Cindy Crawford.
1: Ad. And yeah. It's like
0: so. So there's all this stuff. You know, you, the advertisers are actually getting free coverage, and then the day after the Super Bowl, I think every marketing club. On every college campus has to get together and do a rating of the ads oh yeah right and and you know probably 50 percent of the years year years i'll get a call from a journalist saying well what did i think of the ads who won the super bowl and so as you're telling me this story about tide that sounds like a really kind of interesting approach to like you're saying not just have the tide ads right to actually trying sort of uh subvert the other ads and that's what you got to love about it subvert the other ads,
1: right but right. then
0: also kind of a real effort to win the super bowl by the advertisers right it's, it's, it's yeah. beautiful
1: yeah and because uh because we talk about fandom so often as this is the fanalytics podcast um i also like the ones that tie in other fandoms to to their brand so i think a classic example is mcdonald's with the uh, larry bird versus michael jordan mm-hmm. Showdown uh, okay, because those are two brands that are iconic, and even the NBA I mean that's a completely separate brand and and yeah. you know fandom than the NFL, but clearly there's overlap and it, it draws you in um another example of that was Volkswagen with I know <laughs> I always end up talking about Star Wars, but um with the Darth Vader kid who thought he oh, had the force
0: i'm all over this because one of my kids is actually as a writing assignment to talk about popular culture and advertising. Yeah. And he wanted to do something with star Wars. So I ended up looking for that one and found it just over the weekend. Talk about a happy coincidence. And so for those of you that don't remember, I want to say this is about a 10, 12 year old ad, maybe a little bit more than that. uh, Maybe a little bit less, but it was the kid dressed up as Darth Darth Vader walking through the house, trying to get things to respond to the force to the dark side of the force. Um, So yeah, an amazing ad. And the way they use the popular culture in there, right? That music and the Darth Vader, that was a great, great ad.
1: Yeah. And I think there's been a thousand ads with MC hammer in it in my lifetime, or I've, I've seen ads with Eminem or Justin Timberlake. I
0: feel like Snoop Dogg is a a real go-to for a lot of.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's, (laughs) yeah, he's, he's in everything now. Um, so it is interesting. You know what else is interesting to me uh, on Super Bowl Sunday? is the ads that seem like average advertisements. Like the brands, like there's these brands, like obviously we just talked about Volkswagen and McDonald's um, who get really creative um, and, and do something that's memorable and exciting and that people talk about for a long time. And then some brands, or I guess it's really the ad agencies that they're working with, just do a a typical ad that you would see you know just saying hey we've got a good product and that's that and it's not memorable there's no celebrity there's no storyline there's no infiltrating you know or or i guess taking over the rest of the super bowl ads like tide did that one time it's just it's like if tide did an ad advertising how how effective their detergent is um rather than taking that more creative approach at delivering the same message and to me it's like every year those ones for me as a consumer i forget about them like they fall flat um but they do them and i know you know it's like there's there's definitely a strategy there not everybody's trying to make you laugh not everybody's trying to be the funny guy some guys want to be the guy that doesn't have to be the funny guy if that makes sense
0: (laughs) there there i think there's definitely you know different strategies that are going to come into play right yeah I mean, the um you know one of the things i think you'll see is the the occasional unknown brand that is really just trying to reach the the most massive audience
1: yeah and they spent right? they it's spent like, their entire marketing budget on yeah, this one ad yeah
0: because because it's you're, you're talking about an audience that i think is about in the 150 million range uh and so this is an opportunity to reach essentially half of America, and it's it's a venue where, because the, of the event nature of the, the of of the game, that people are watching it. So you know you've got an internet startup. I, I think you know I want to go back, and the, this is where the memory gets fuzzy. if, you know. The, the monster.com job board advertising on the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. Maybe the <laughs> ad wasn't all that creative, but hey, now half of America is paying attention and they're watching this. Yeah, that's, so, I mean, like,
1: that's like GoDaddy's the same thing. I remember because they yeah. used to have ads that were like borderline X-rated um, or they would tease something that was X-rated. And I thought it was a site for that type of thing. I, you know, <laughs> and everybody yeah. thought, cause I, like I said, I was, you know, we were 12 year old boys and we we're all watching the Super Bowl, and those are the ads and we're all like, well, we're all like, oh my gosh. But then, and it's like, well, that was dumb. They didn't even advertise what they are. And like that, and it was, you know, it, inappropriate. Wasn't it, wasn't
0: it quick clarifying question. Wasn't that always
1: like Danica? It Danica? was. Yeah. It okay. was. Um, but, it, but it was like, wow, that was inappropriate and had nothing to do with what they are. But at the same time, it's like, to this day, I know what GoDaddy.com is mm-hmm. because because those ads made everybody <laughs> figure it out um, on their own, which which is just a, uh, like well, we were talking about, just a different strategy.
0: Well, and you know, th- this issue of being able to take more chances in the Super Bowl, being able to do fairly outlandish things, yeah. I think that gets us to 2021 and the fact that some of these companies have pulled back because... The culture has reached a place of (laughs) turmoil, anger, outrage, that there's probably a little bit of fear in terms of how do you get the tone right? What kind of what kind of joking around is appropriate during a pandemic and what type of, you know, outrageous approach is acceptable during during an era of cancel culture if you cross the wrong line? And so it it has gotten a little bit more complex yeah. this, this year.
1: No, that's a great point. It's like I'm sure these these agencies and these brands are gonna be awfully careful. But it's like you could put an over under on how many brands get canceled after the Super Bowl for for trying to be funny and accidentally coming across as insensitive to you know to a certain. Uh, minority group or you know being politically incorrect i guess is what i mean Um,
0: sex sex is probably the real third rail right now right because you know sex and beer ads has a long story tradition right right and it's not clear how much of that you can do in 2021 if any
1: yeah and so um i think that's an interesting point and i think we'll see on sunday but let me ask you this mike you said that Typically, we have 150 million viewers or something along those lines, half of America. And viewership across sports this year has been down tremendously Uh, for for the NFL, for the NBA, for the NHL, for MLB, every sport. Viewership has been down. Um, Super Bowl, while it seems like everybody is going to watch it because it's the Super Bowl, I would imagine there are less Super Bowl parties because of the pandemic
0: i saw a stat that and i don't i couldn't find the stat for the normal years but there's some survey data that suggests that still a quarter of people are going to get together with friends for a super bowl yeah
1: that, that doesn't so surprise me
0: if you won at age 25 that that indoor football game <laughs> living room football game you know mom might have some uh She might want to put some more stuff away this year, Yeah, but, you know, jump in.
1: Yeah, well, I I mean, I certainly think there's going to be the people that do their Super Bowl parties, and then it's going to be on the news about, you know, how that's such a problem, Uh, and Mm -hmm. I'm not stating my opinion on all that. I'm just just predicting what will happen, Um, but nonetheless, I would imagine it would be quite a bit less gatherings this year yeah um which on the one hand it's like well there might be more televisions on because if all those you know if the 30 guys that used to watch it in my house every year instead of watching on one tv or watching it on 15 tvs or 30 tvs then the viewership would technically go up um but
0: going back going back to the question you asked me this is where i think they get hurt yeah and this is based on intuition more than research i don't think there's any real research out
1: there yeah i feel like there's a little bit of unknown and that might be why some of yeah. these brands are backing out
0: but i do think you know i'm going to keep using this word that you know the super bowl is an event yeah and when you're watching it at home that event status is gone i mean when you're going out to someone's house I, the super bowl is either number one or number two in terms of food consumption yeah. Um, I, I think it used to be Thanksgiving and then the Super Bowl passed it. And in a normal year, you'll see all sorts of uh, it, it's sort of pregame coverage from places like Papa John's or right. Buffalo Wild Wings because these are the biggest days of the year. You know, you add, you know, getting together with your friends, food, alcohol, suddenly everyone's in. You're sitting there at home on a Sunday night alone, I mean, it starts to sound pretty desolate, right? Are you going to crack open three beers and order a pizza? Or are you going to start watching the game, maybe go, God, this, yeah. You know, here, here's kind of the danger in some of this. Is the Super Bowl experience, the game itself, the the quality and the humor of the ads, the halftime entertainment, are these things all better because you're doing it with alcohol and with your friends and if you're doing it alone right does it kind of drop off sort of sort of sort of quickly and the ratings really kind of diminish throughout the night
1: yeah well um there's a couple things about the super bowl that that are interesting in in that aspect um it is unpredictable like if you're buying a fourth quarter ad in the super bowl you could be buying an ad for the most iconic game in football history mm-hmm. and the most exciting football when everyone's on the edge of their seat and they're watching every second of it, or it could be a 68 to to three blowout and people who watch for the football have lost mm-hmm. interest or people as a whole are going to lose a lot of interest. I mean, just looking at large numbers, uh, there's gonna be quite a few people that tune out in that scenario
0: and or leave the party and go home, leave right? the party
1: and go home. Yeah. So, Okay. Uh, um. So the, there's already a, an aspect of unknown. Um, we act as if we know. You know, the Super Bowl is always a given. Uh, and to an extent, it is. But there's still some years it's exciting. Some years you rewatch the whole game. Some years, like you don't even remember that the game happened, or never really want to watch it again because it's so boring. And the only team that it, the only fans that enjoy it are the the fans of the winning team, um, which is such a small portion of super bowl viewers. And so um so there's already that aspect looking at it from an excitement standpoint and like is it worth the hype. Um but I think something else that's interesting about the super bowl to me is I I every year, every every year when I watch it with a group of people, um everyone gets excited for the commercials cuz they think it's going to be It's like a new movie's coming out, you know, and everybody's a long-anticipated new movie, uh, maybe a a sequel to a very successful movie. And yet, every year, people that I watch the game with feel as though the ads weren't as good this year. It wasn't as funny. (laughs) Like, there was that one that was... Too much hype, right? Well, there was that one that was okay, but this year just was not as good as last year. But it's like that every year. I cannot remember a year where it felt like, Wow, this was a great year of ads. Definitely met my expectations and the that of those around me. It's always a little bit well, disappointing.
0: I mean, you know what's odd about this? Um, when I think about what you're talking about, is <clears throat> you know you were kind of you grew up in an era where the ads were hyped as as important as the game. Yes, right? I, I want to say that the advertising started to become hyped up really in the in the 1990s that that's when you started to have people sort of switch it around and say oh you know this is the game where people don't walk away where people are watching it for the ads as much as the the game you know who knows i mean in in some ways talk about that might be the most brilliant marketing coup associated with the super bowl right Mm -hmm. when some advertising council was able to you know Launch kind of turn the turn the ads into a competition and set it up where now people are watching this stuff as well. I tend to think like I've got a I feel definitely some burnout in terms of Super Bowl advertising and, and you know it's it's a probably a little bit worse for me as a marketing professor when there's right so much discussion of it every year. But you know on a personal level, I, I I don't go into this with any interest in the Super Bowl because I I think you're right that every year is going to seem like a disappointment. Now I will also add one one kind of critical point to that that when you start to talk about art and I think we have to say that in this day and age super bowl ads are a form of art. I think it's always hard for new art to be viewed as equal to yes. established art. Yes. Right? And so you think about the songs that you know that you've heard 50 times and then you hear a brand new song yeah how many times do you have to hear that song for it to kind of reach the that same status and and look it, it even gets you a little bit more complicated because art is something that the public decides i mean this is one of the unique things about fandom it's not just pure quality it's like everyone has to say that ad is good i mean what was a do you remember a couple of years ago or maybe it was last year and I don't remember the company. I just remember the nature of the ads. It was something like uh, they, they had things like a guy taking a shower, but the shower was covered in carpeting. Don't. All the ads were really designed just to make people <laughs> cringe. Right <laughs> Now, you might be sitting there going, you know, look, I, I love cringeworthy stuff. And so I think that ad was great. But you know what? When the rest of the the crowd is going, oh, that was disturbing. They got to take that away. You know, most fans, most people are going to sort of back away from that. So there's a dynamic communal uh, element to the approval and the love of art as well.
1: Yeah. The the Super Bowl ad that that reminds me of. I don't know if you remember this. I think it was selling insurance, but they had like a little boy talking about his life or something. And then all the things that happened and then all the things that didn't happen. And then he <laughs> then he revealed to the audience that he was dead, that he had died in like a car accident or something. And like his family, Oh, I've
0: seen that with Bruce Willis.
1: I don't uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Um But but it, it was just like yeah. it yeah. like was just such a mood killer. It was like a read the room moment, like, like a terrible ad. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're watching the Super Bowl. Everyone's having fun. And then you got to watch this thing about this kid that died and he's like telling, he's trying to sell you insurance basically. And it's not like, there's no, there's no effort to ease the, the pain, which like, in that sense, like it was effective in creating a feeling amongst the viewers that was, uh, that stood out from the feeling of the rest of the event. But I think it has such a negative connotation to everybody. And everybody was just like, first off, like, don't try to sell me insurance by sh- with a showing dad, you know. a kid that died and his parents didn't have whatever. You know, it, it just was uh, insensitive. I think a lot of people saw it that way. But also, it's like, wow, that it was like someone showed up to the party and just rained on everyone's parade. And it's like we're having fun here. <laughs> this is the Super Bowl, <laughs> and, and they come in here with this.
0: I mean, it almost sounds like an ad that the network would have been better off. Rejecting yeah. to
1: the Super Bowl, yeah,
0: <laughs> right. That it doesn't fit into the, the the four hour package they're they're putting together. Right? Yeah. Um, let me let me ask you another slightly different direction.
1: <laughs> it was nationwide, for the record. I just pulled nationwide. it. Nationwide, yeah.
0: Okay. Um, and and again, I think there's really mixed opinions about what I'm going to ask you next. Halftime entertainment. Are you a halftime entertainment guy at the Super Bowl?
1: That's usually when I go to the bathroom. Um okay. if, if I'm gonna go to the bathroom during the Super Bowl, it's usually not during the game, although some years some years the best time to go is during the game because it's a blowout and it's just not that exciting. Uh but normally I like to watch the football and I don't want to miss the commercials, not because they're all good, but because there's usually like one or two that are really funny and that gets like that's part of the experience and If I go to the bathroom, it will undoubtedly be during those one or two commercials. And then after the Super Bowl, I'll watch the best of Super Bowl ads um, and find out that I wasn't there for any of the best ones. So I'd I'd (laughs) never go during commercials. If I go, it's during halftime. You do know I am a a pretty big music fan. Um, So some years, it, it just depends on who it is. Like when it's... When it's like an old band, like I remember they did The Who one year. I think it was after the whole Justin Timberlake, uh, Janet Jackson thing. And they were like, all right, we're going to stop getting like these young, sexy people that might, you know, do something stupid. And we're going to bring out all these old bands. And they had like probably 10 years of just doing that. And that's where it just really was like not interesting at all to someone my age even if these bands are great musicians or whatnot and have all these songs that are great uh, it just wasn't interesting to a to a kid um not nearly as interesting (laughs) as justin timberlake and janet jackson but um,
0: (laughs) well look hey again you know if there is a theme it is that this is a big event and whatever happens is absolutely magnified yeah and, you know, you, you mentioned Janet Jackson in the Super Bowl and everyone, everyone knows what you're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. So it is a true cult, you know, iconic cultural event.
1: Yeah. Um, but some years, like I'm a Justin Timberlake fan. Um, and when he came back and did his own Super Bowl, like I was, that was much, much watched TV for me. I think Bruno Mars was the same way. Uh, Beyonce, I think most people in, in my demographic were pretty excited about that uh the weekend this year is probably a little bit less like he's less of an icon to the masses than a beyonce um but i i personally am a fan of his music and i'm kind of interested to <laughs> okay. see what how i mean i'll definitely watch it
0: okay so this is great to me because I, you know i have pulled up a list of the entertainment at the super bowl here and when you said the, the weekend and then started speaking about him in the singular I, I you know that that was a lost. little bit of a surprise yeah, to me. Yeah, that there's a there's a guy whose name not Weekend but The Weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, um,
0: the the reason I pulled up the list is that I wanted to see where all this started because you know my my memories of the Super Bowl halftime ads were halftime shows were the the up with people type stuff where you had. And look going back on this, so you know going back to the first couple of Super Bowls, you had at the very first Super Bowl the University of Arizona Symphonic Marching band. Wow. Uh, Super Bowl two you had the Grambling State University <laughs> marching band. Wow. Um, Florida A&;M University and Miami and high school bands for Super Bowl 3. So there's been quite the evolution of hey we're just going to do a, like this as a college game we college thing we don't have our own bands we'll just get the local college they moved to like I said this up with people concept where it seemed to be you know a hundred or a thousand kids singing in unison on the field right. and, and look no one no one likes that right that's that's brutal and this has <laughs> now moved to being. I don't know what it means to the musical community to be selected for the Super Bowl. Oh, it's is it huge. kind of a lifetime achievement yes. award? Like is it an opportunity to break through?
1: It's not an opportunity to break through. If you've you've made it definitely. Okay. Uh if if you get this. So
0: the weekend is a famous individual.
1: Yes. Um Okay. Yes. He's had the number <laughs> one song of 2020 and um and quite a few hit albums. Um, uh, I think for a musician, like for the weekend, he's putting out a greatest hits album this week because he knows that when he performs in the Super Bowl, that people are gonna go like every year, whoever performs in the Super Bowl, if you look at the charts, like if you just go on iTunes, I know nobody uses iTunes now, but if you just go on iTunes after the Super Bowl, probably nine out of ten songs that are in the charts, one through ten are going to be from the medley that was performed at the Super Bowl, right? You're essentially getting a free 30-minute ad for all of your music in the Super Bowl, where it's the most valuable ad minutes and screen time in the whole year. And so it's absolutely the opportunity of a lifetime for these artists. Um, And they probably, I would imagine the weekend would probably sell as much music or stream as much music tomorrow night or um, Sunday night. As he probably has done all year um, to this point, and he's one of the top okay. streaming artists on Spotify.
0: As a as a musician, and for those of you that don't know, Doug is a legit musician with musical music out on you know wherever music is available. Is that correct, Doug? That's correct. I don't know where music is available. Everywhere. I just get it from iTunes. Okay? <laughs> the common format, and this is you know I don't know if this is every year, but the medleys. Yes. How do you feel about that as a musical artist? Because that that annoys me as a spectator.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you understand why they do it. Um Absolutely. Yeah, but- yeah. I think um I actually like it when it's done right. Like I think an artist that I really like who I, who's always been gifted at that and I've seen him do it at different music video awards and the Grammys and all the rest is uh Justin Timberlake he and his, his band do a phenomenal job of keeping it where it doesn't feel like it's an advertisement, uh, where it feels like a true performance. It feels like, cause I've been to his live show and it feels like they take the highlights of the live show, the parts that are the biggest, you know, peaks, and then they consolidate the show and they make sure to just hit those, um, and to hit all of them in that, you know, 20 minutes or however long he's performing. So I, I like it when it's that way, when it's like they just sing the chorus of like 15 different songs um, and that's it. And, and it's not really as much of a show, but it's less of a like, they're making sure they check all their their bases and, and advertise as many songs as they can. Um, and you can tell those ones are the ones that bother me. And usually they have less energy. Um, and I don't know, over the years, we've seen plenty of examples of both. I know the most iconic, uh, performance ever. I guess like if you if you read up on lists of top Super Bowl performers, Prince is almost always number one or, or up there. And Michael Jackson's usually up there as well. Um and so I I would imagine they would have done a good job. It's been a while since I've watched those, but um but yeah, like I said, Justin Timberlake did a good job of taking like the best part of all of his songs and performing that part and performing the part that, like, having gone to the concert was probably the most, like, eye-popping and memorable part. Um, whereas, like I said, some artists just take the chorus of every song and they just perform it. Like, it's like, yeah, I could just listen to the 30-second demo on iTunes if I wanted to hear 30 seconds of all of your songs um, and just hear, like, the chorus of it. And and so it's less of a spectacle to me. It's more of an advertisement, a little bit more forced. I think it'll be interesting with The Weeknd because he's not vocally he is Michael Jackson and there's a lot of people that have made that comparison over the years where he he has the capacity when he wants to to sound exactly like Michael Jackson which is pretty amazing Um, but he's not the Justin Timberlake Michael Jackson Bruno Mars he's not the dancer um, on the stage he's not he's a singer he's a singer and a musician Um, he's not as much of a you know he's not going to be doing the splits on stage or doing a backflip or anything crazy like that so his spectacle has become more of his um his appearance and his you know part of his branding has all been built around his music videos and things like that uh and less around his live performances so it's kind of like is he going to be sitting at a piano slash is he going to be standing behind a microphone singing um or are they going to find a way to spice it up because like i said most of those artists i listed prince Justin Timberlake, Beyonce, uh, there's all, there's a lot of movement on stage and there's a lot of energy coming from the artists, like physically, not just through their voice.
0: So I'm getting, if I'm getting one theme out of our discussion today, it is one, one kind of consistent theme as we've mostly talked about the cultural side of this. It is the importance of, you know, understanding where you're at. Yeah. Um, you know, understanding the nature of this event, this sports marketing holiday, this sports marketing cultural holiday, and coming up with your advertising or your or, or your, your entertainment in a way that actually sort of fits into that and builds and builds on top of it. Right. I, mean, I, I think ideally you, you, you go beyond just kind of fitting in to actually making the event even more special okay so as we n- near the end of this um you know the the last question i i had for you but i think i'm gonna dis- discard but it's related this notion of kind of what your kind of key super bowl memories are because i think a lot of this has a lot of this had come has come out i mean the, the storyline for this year really does look like it was put together by you know hollywood yeah the you know the the old lion trying to stave off the challenge of the the young upcoming lion to you know maintain the dominant position of the pride yeah exactly so this 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 is just and what's interesting about it is it's when you when you put it out there is the narrative going into the game you understand why this game is so impactful in terms of what comes out of it Mm -hmm. right so we you've you've ended up highlighting a couple of things, right? The everything ranging from the cultural moment with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, to the you know some of the advertising that has GoDaddy, why we all know that that brand. And, and look, that's probably the only web hosting <laughs> domain place places where you can purchase domain don, domain names that the general public knows about because they've done well in the Super Bowl. So switching back to the on field side, you know, what are your favorite moments from being a fan in terms of the, the teams that have won or the, the players that have had performances that are incredibly memorable and have helped those players build their brands or yeah. those teams that have built brands through the Super Bowl?
1: Um, well, first off, as a Giants fan, I, I, I can't enough about how exciting those Giants Super Bowls were for me. Being a fan of a team for a long time, and watching that team go to the Super Bowl, it feels, especially when you're a kid, it feels so larger than life. Like, we're in this game. Like, this is the game that I've watched. Everybody in the world watches this game every year, and we're the team that's in it. It's amazing. It's an amazing feeling as a fan. And then to go in there, uh, Giants 2007, Against the undefeated Patriots, against Tom Brady, the the goat on the best team he ever played on, undefeated with Randy Moss a receiver, and you're a Giants team that barely made the playoffs, and to beat them in the Super Bowl, that feels like a movie, especially for a fan. David Tyree's helmet catch—I don't know if you remember this guy.
0: Yeah. No, um, how can you yeah.
1: a miracle on on you know a desperation okay. play and.
0: Interestingly, both Doug and I—we're we're doing this via Zoom. We both did sort of a gesture to indicate the nature of that <laughs> that catch.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to me, that was a David slaying Goliath storyline. Um, but it was my team as David, and so yeah, absolutely, that was the number one memory. And of course, number two for me is a few years later when the Giants did it again against the Patriots, um, and also were expected to lose that one. And those were kind of the blemishes on on Tom Brady's legacy. Um, you ask kind of so. Go ahead.
0: Let me ask you a, yeah. kind of a strange question in all this because it's—I would guess—it's something you've never thought of. So, in terms of your fandom for the Giants, if you just kind of think of key memories of the the team, how many of those memories—and say just you know—scroll through the top five memories. How many of those are Super Bowl memories?
1: I mean, if you just go by game, definitely the top two are Super Bowl. Okay. Um, as far as the moments, I would say if we're doing top five um yeah i would probably say three of them those would be from those two super okay. bowl games
0: so you know absolutely the the focal memories right the 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 moments that became legendary yeah. you know if i go back to my fandom and i look i had not thought about this till the we our conversations just kind of evolved here right. i almost go back to Lynn Swan making circus catches in the Super Bowls in the 1970s. Yeah kind of the, these juggling catches will be the stuff that I'll never forget. And that's going back to when I was essentially 10, 11 years of age. And so if I'm thinking about being a Pittsburgh Steeler fan and, and it's and it's tough right because it's an artificial question to say, well what are sort of the big moments of fandom? I think of what it was a James Harrison with the uh <laughs> ninety five yard return. Yeah. yeah. Um Lynn Swine making some of those circus catches. I remember it's this like, with
1: the my first um first Super Bowl. Yeah. This is probably one of my big Super Bowl memories. My first Super Bowl party was Steelers Seahawks. Um I mm. think that was like two thousand six or two thousand no, two thousand five or four or something, somewhere in there. Um, and it was Heinz Ward and Antoine Randall L with the the receiver throwing it to another receiver. And I think Heinz Ward had a had a hat trick in that Super Bowl and was MVP, but that that's one for your Steelers right there.
0: Yeah, and one for your Georgia Bulldogs as oh, well. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Which of course <laughs>
1: I was young enough that I had never seen him in a Georgia uniform and, and it was just explained to me that he had played for Georgia. So it's a little bit different than <laughs> than now watching players that you know I went to college with.
0: Okay, Doug, to wrap this one up, do you want to uh, make a Super Bowl prediction?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and put one out there. Um, uh,
0: I want I want two parts to this prediction. I want a, a prediction on the game and then a prediction on the impact. Okay. Whatever that means to you.
1: Okay. Um, for th-
0: I'm happy to go first as well if you want.
1: All right, I got this. I got it. Okay. For the game... Um. first off, let me say, I think the Chiefs are far and away the best team in f- professional football. I don't always think the best team wins the Super Bowl. It's one game. It's not a seven-game series like the NBA, like uh, MLB. It's one game. And you look at this, and the Chiefs were already down one starting offensive lineman this season. Um, lost another in the last game with an Achilles injury. So they got two... Starting OL out, the Bucks have a heck of a pass rush from what I've seen um in, in recent weeks. And I just feel like, man, it's all shaping up for Tom Brady to get this ring. I don't think he's as good as Mahomes or half as good as Mahomes at this point in his career. But it's like we were talking about last week, it's like beating your dad in a in an arm wrestle or something. Like it's like he's got that that it factor um that of course Mahomes also has an it factor but I'll take the older guy in this one between those two and in this in a game of this magnitude um this is what Brady lives for and he's lived in I mean he's been in more Super Bowls than anybody in my lifetime so combine that with the fact that the Chiefs dominant offense is without two starting linemen and they're going up against a great pass rush I think it's gonna be a good football game I think it's gonna be close um but as much as I've all year, I felt like yeah, the Chiefs are gonna win the Super Bowl. Now that Tom Brady's in it, and now that the Chiefs are down a couple guys, and and it looks like the Bucks are pretty healthy, and, and Brady's on his A game, I'm taking I'm taking the Bucks to cement the storyline that Tom Brady is the goat. Um, and this is where we get an impact a little bit. Tom Brady is the goat. Um, Belichick. Benefited greatly from the quarterbacks that he had in his Super Bowl runs, and there's a little bit less of a system, uh, thought when when you're thinking about the Patriots, and more of just a personnel thought. Um, and that yeah, that Brady goes down as as the greatest of all time, and that it's it's as legendary as if Jordan had gone to the Wizards and beaten Kobe in the NBA Finals.
0: Okay, you know what. I you know, this is just kind of me being the old guy, you being the young guy. I was thinking you were gonna go with the the Chiefs. Yeah. I'm also leaning towards and part of me wonders it's like how much does kind of the marketing hype influence us and cause <laughs> us to make bad decisions and all this, right? Whoa. Cause I, I, I absolutely feel like this this seems this seems almost destined that Tom Brady and and I agree with you. I, I, you know and this is where I feel overly influenced. It feels like this game is going to go down to the fourth quarter and they're going to be back and forth, you know, lead changes in that final quarter and I'm also going to predict you know what? I'm going to go the opposite direction because I feel like I've been too uh too manipulated yeah, by the media
1: here. That's
0: fair. I think the reality is that you know the the Bucks were kind of you know th- they got here but the Chiefs have been dominant. Yeah, um, th- this is a brutal reversal in the middle of a prediction, <laughs> and the Chiefs by twenty-one points. Wow.
1: Um, I will say this about the <laughs> Bucks and Brady. Uh, well, really, specifically about Brady, is he threw some picks in their last game that were so bad, and he had a, a one or two that were dropped as well that should have been picked that were so bad. And I think if they had lost that game, that people would be talking about. Yeah, Brady's just not the same player, but they won the game and everyone forgets those picks. They don't when they show the highlights of that game, they don't show those picks. And the storyline is that Brady still got it, you know. So so there is such a storytelling um, impact on our predictions and and it might skew our thoughts a little bit, but there there is something in sports too where sometimes yeah. you do feel like there's like a destiny's team and and it's not always the best team and that's kind of where I'm coming from.
0: I think so too, and it's and I think this year in particular, in this championship event in particular, this one just feels like destiny's driving driving the car.
1: Well, especially in a which year makes it hard. Especially to, you know, in a year where everything that's happened has been weird. Um, Like you wouldn't have predicted Tom to go to Tampa Bay and Gronk to come out of retirement, but you also wouldn't have predicted half of the things that even happened in 2020. Um, to happen. I mean, this time last year, we were worried about World War III with Iran. Then we had a pandemic that we're still in, and we had a wacky election um, and, and everything in between storming the Capitol, Reddit uh, taking over Wall Street last week. I mean, it's it's just a weird time, and it's like, why not have Tom yeah. Brady win a Super Bowl for the Bucks? Like, if you told me a year ago that that would happen, I, I would say we're more likely to have a global pandemic.
0: Well, you look, even... Um you know on a very personal level, I suspect by this at this time last year you and I were in contact. I had looked at your resume and maybe reached out via email yeah. and I mean who would have thought when when I was interviewing you that I would have offered you the job, but then you never would have shown up to campus
1: <laughs> right <I mean. laughs> It's just a weird year it's a weird yeah. year and like. Like it would be too regular for the Chiefs, who are the best team in football, to win the Super Bowl. Like that's just a little bit too predictable. That's like if Alabama won the national championship, which they did, but it's like we can't have a sweep of dominant teams in a year where uh, that's been defined by unpredictability. So that's that's part of the reason. And again, that's that's uh irrational, like and I understand that that's irrational, uh, for making a prediction, but you know what? Sometimes sports just the irrational things happen. So I'm going with why we love them.
0: Okay. So to wrap it up as always much more content on the fandomanalytics.com website and just a little bit of hype for what we're doing next. We have Vince Thompson from melt, uh, taking part in our marketing analytics centers webinar series. And we will include a link, uh, at the bottom of the podcast. Um, Beyond all that, you got anything else, Doug? We've gone a little long today. I'll end with just saying, stay classy, Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> I don't really know who I'm pulling for in the Super Bowl, but what I am pulling for is a great game and uh, some some fun commercials. And also for, uh, I don't know if you've kept up with this whole Wall Street thing, but it's been pretty interesting as well. So I'm looking forward to another crazy week of 2021 that will be capped off with a Super Bowl go America. Yeah.